Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pilates Mom podcast. I'm very excited today to speak with Anne Bishop, owner of Body Brain Connection. Hello, Anne. Welcome. How are you? I'm good, Renee. Thank you. Nice to meet you and nice to meet your audience. Yes, thanks so much. Anne and I just connected over Facebook and she reached out and was interested to chat. And I've just loved um, following you already and listening to some of your lives and everything that you're doing. So Anne has a very rich and deep background as far as all of the things that she has studied. She's um, studied at Harvard. She has her PMA as well as Stodden and other things underneath her umbrella of Teachable. So please tell us, Anne, a bit about your background and maybe what brought you to the world of Pilates. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I, I started, I think, as many teachers did, um, I started teaching around 20 years ago. I um, was, you know, getting a dance uh, degree at U- called University of California, Irvine, and I had an injury. And so I stopped going to school. And when I came home, I was really looking for someone to help me with my back and who really understood dancing. And I came across a fabulous instructor named Connelly Weinberg. And she was my very first Pilates instructor. Cool. And um, yeah, I just and she, she really supported me. Um, you know, I, I would really say she was a little bit more than a Pilates instructor. She was really kind of a mentor. I was feeling like a little bit lost at that time in my life because I had come home from school and, you know, I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. Um, uh-huh. And she was able to really support me in um, really seeing like the power of Pilates. And, and from the get go, I was always pretty intellectually curious about Pilates. Um, and she mm-hmm. really supported me with that. And I think, I think for most, you know, young women at the age of 20, it's really nice to have someone like that kind of step into your life. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. To have a, a mentor kind of take you under their wings and with your dance background, finding Pilates is, you know, such a beautiful kind of combination or transition in life, you could say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so she was Canadian and um, at one point, you know, I, I was not trying to teach Pilates. It literally fell into my lap. I had applied to, you know, work behind, you know, at a dance studio, like behind the front desk. And mm-hmm. I just put on the bottom line of my resume that I was practicing Pilates. And they said, well, do you want to teach? And so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I guess I'm a bit ambitious and, and so I was sort of excited about that. So I returned to my instructor, Connelly Weinberg, and she was like, well, let me support you with this. She'd also taught dance for many, many years. And so, you know, we put together like a sort of a mat, you know, training um, for for dancers at this dance studio. And then shortly thereafter, I went to Toronto uh, to get trained at Stott. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. I also came from a a dance background and kind of found Pilates that way. And we were both at Stott around the same time. So Mm -hmm. I definitely believe that we would have crossed paths at some point. Very interesting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So tell us about your, it's almost like um, you have two different businesses in the sense that when you look at your socials, like you have a studio that's up and running. Um, It looks like you're open again now. And you also have some online offerings. So tell us a bit about the the brain coaching um, and or your studio, whichever one you like to share first. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm happy to start with my studio. Um, so I, I opened that in like 2002. And at, and at that point, you know, there weren't really many studios. I was the first studio in my town. And so you know, right. we've, been, we've been running for, you know, for many, many years. I, I really think of my studio as my first baby. <laughs> I did not have yeah. children then. <laughs> it was my first baby. And, um, you know, I was a young mom, so I didn't know much. <laughs> yes. Know much yeah. About running a studio. I didn't know much. Uh, but I just, I knew I loved to teach and I knew I really connected with people. So um, that was a lovely, a lovely thing to, to start so early. I'm thankful that I did start so early. Um, Yeah, definitely. Because you learn as you go, right? You get your certification, you know, you can Mm -hmm. teach Pilates, but then the business owner piece is like a whole other layer of something to learn and kind of work through. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually becoming a mother um, to my two small children that really pushed me to 
say I've got to embrace the business piece of Pilates of Pilates studio ownership. So that yes, was um, yeah. that was something that definitely you know triggered <laughs> triggered that for me. Yeah, and especially when then like there's you know periods of time as a new mom that you can't be there. You know, so it does push you to have to look at the other avenues of the business and what you can do when, you know, in your absence almost. Yes, 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 absolutely. I feel like um, for me, like I actually became a mom actually at 30 because I have a stepdaughter who um, when I met my husband, my now to my, my husband who now he had a daughter um, from a previous marriage. And so but coming into a child's life when they're 11, you know, you, you can still keep teaching your Pilates. You know, you don't have to like fully pull back. Right. So yes. Um, yes. when I had my um, my own children, it, I, I sort of was like, oh, it'll just be like when I met my stepdaughter. <laughs> I was right. like, totally <laughs> surprised. Absolutely nothing like trying to parent an 11-year-old is nothing like trying to parent two babies. So no, no, um, the sleep, lack yeah. of sleep and the hormones, it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes. So um, yeah, so it's been it, it, that that experience, I think, really made me realize like, you know, if I'm going to step into my studio as an entrepreneur, you know, like that's a different step for me. And uh, knowing that I really wanted the time freedom uh, with my young children and then also with my stepdaughter as well, like, and then also really make the studio work from a financial perspective, um, mm -hmm. you know, as it's like my career versus a side hobby, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, yeah. And really meet the numbers that are appropriate for, you know, a family with three children. Um, that was just a big, a big eye-opening experience, but again, a learning curve. And I'm always someone who, who enjoys a learning curve. So, yeah, definitely. No. And I feel like my children are, are, you know, definitely a driving force to push me to want to be successful. Um, so, you know, it's, you have more, uh, reasons almost to want to strive and hit that next goal. Um, so tell us a bit about the body brain connection, mm -hmm. um, name and your, your studies with that and the research. And I'm just fascinated to hear more about this piece from you. Of course. Yeah. So in about 2008, 2009, you know, we, we were in, at least in the, in the States, you know, we sort of went through the great recession and mm -hmm. I was approaching 30 and I was living in San Francisco and many of my friends uh, were leaving the city for various reasons. And I just kind of felt a little alone. And I was like, you know, I, I, I was really feeling a change to be honest. I was feeling burnt out of teaching Pilates. I'd basically already been teaching it a decade and had learned right. a lot and was just sort of like hitting a wall. Um, and my original mentor, Connelly Weinberg, had learned a new form of movement that she called mindful spine. Uh, which, oh, cool. Yeah, where she was really able to, you know, how can you teach someone to really sense where their vertebrae are or where their bones are in space and have a better sense of control over them mm -hmm. um, in a more nuanced way? And so she um, had me learn that with her in about 2007. And I worked with her with some Olympic athletes uh, for the 2008 Beijing Olympics. I did not go, but I, oh, I, very cool. yeah, I supported in training them before they went. They were uh, synchronized swimmers. Um, and so that really got me to thinking about, you know, when we move, it, it's really our brain that's that is understanding and controlling movement. Like, yes, right. mm -hmm. yes, there are reflexes within our body. Yes, we can think of body intelligence, but truly, truly that's our, our brain intelligence because it's our, our brain that supports our body um, and makes decisions about how it wants to move and things like that. And so I knew that I, I knew that I really wanted to learn about more about the brain and how it, how it controls and perceives movement. And then I knew that I wanted, I, I wanted to learn more about just teaching and I, because I felt like in my industry, you know, I'd learned pre-postnatal, I'd learned scoliosis, I'd learned fascia wasn't really a thing back then. Um, right. but I'd learned like, you know, pink ribbon program, like I'd done a lot of, of continuing ed, but I still was like, well, how can I become a better teacher? And at the end of the day, like it's the brain, right? So I, right. I Googled, 
uh, I think like brain, body, and eventually um, the Harvard Graduate School of Education came up. They have a program called Mind, Brain, and Education. And okay. so um, I applied and I, 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 I <laughs> this was at the birth of cell phones. And I remember um, I very rarely did this, but I did have my cell phone and I was looking to see if I got accepted with a client okay the head yeah. of the Cadillac and I found out and I think nice. I jumped up in the air because I just I couldn't believe it I like ran up and down my studio and then I went 3,000 yes, miles very and, cool yeah and so you mm-hmm. so you relocated to do mm-hmm. this course so mm-hmm. how how long was the course and what was involved like were they open to Pilates as a piece of you know how they looked at this or how did that all unfold for you yeah so I, I, I mean, how I applied was I literally had the, the students at my studio, one of them wrote my letter of recommendation um, because, oh, cool. you know, I just had been in the field of Pilates. So I didn't have a lot of, you know, academic connections to pull from. But um, yeah, they absolutely were open to that. I was definitely the only Pilates student there but when we're looking at the field of education right there's adult education there's outdoor ed there's obviously k through 12 um there's you know education for special needs so there was definitely there was definitely a range of educators but there were no Mm -hmm. i was the only movement educator in my year okay interesting Yeah. So my goal was while I was there, as I said, well, I want to take all of the movement science research that I can find and essentially create Body Brain Connect, although I did not have a name for it at that point. And I wanted to create right. my own um, continuing education company to support teachers and their understanding of you know how the brain learns and perceives movement so that we could be better teachers. Um, and so that's that's what I ended up uh, completing while, while I was there, which was really, which was really great. Yeah, that's amazing. I love all of that so much. And I find it so funny how as Pilates instructors, like, and if I can just quote you saying like, you know, just in the field of Pilates, you know, it's like, but the reality is we have, we do so much training. We have so many courses under our belts, mm-hmm. you know, we have way more knowledge than I think the average person realizes, mm-hmm. you know, so with your um, body brain connection program now, is that something that is just rolled into your studio clients? Is it considered like a separate program? If I was to come to you as a client, is this just part of what you do or is it, how do you present that as um, an offering to people? Yeah. So for a number, numerous years, I, as I was continuing to teach at my studio, I rolled it into my teaching and I did a lot of continuing ed and offered that through um, the PMA and, um, you know, presented it at uh, various conferences within, within the field of education and, and within the field of Pilates. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, it was yeah. good to, to blend the two. But um, what I what I I made a decision actually about three years ago where um, between my own children, my studio and Body Brain Connect, I couldn't do all three. And so I chose to stop working with my Body Brain Connect work and I Mm -hmm. rolled that work into what I work with now. With, which is a woman um, named Chantel Lopez. And she and I, about five years ago, created something called the master's program. So now most yes. of my curriculum is, um, is, rolled, is it rolled into the master's program. Excellent. Yeah. And that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. And I feel like in some of your lives that you've done recently, I do feel like there's pieces of it where you are speaking to me directly because I am that instructor that's been, you know, doing this for over 20 years. And I'm really resistant to the online piece and just how to make it all work and how to, for myself, enjoy it. Because I feel like there's a part of me that's like, Ugh, I don't like it. And I'm like resisting it. So please tell us about your master's program. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I will. I will. Well, one of the things that I think, um, it, well, one of the things I love so much about being a Pilates teacher is that, you know, I think a lot of us who choose this field are lifelong learners and love to continue to learn. 
Um, mm, definitely. And so that is something that Chantel and I really uh, feel within the master's program. And so our goal is that we try to help, we support teachers in creating either an online or hybrid because we understand not everybody wants to, you know, tiptoe into the online space, but how, how can you right. create a transformative curriculum for your students uh, that really untethers you from the five and 10 pack business model. Um, right. I know that, you know, Hey, in 2002, the five and 10 pack business model was, was great. I mean, then that's, that's what, that's from what I knew, what everyone was doing. Um, but I find now that there are better ways to up-level our own teaching and mm -hmm. also up-level our students' results. And it's not within individualized single sessions. Yes. And I love that. I, that was something that I definitely caught in your live on your Facebook feed, uh, maybe three or four days back. And I do feel like this is a pattern in, you know, in my studio and I've expanded a few times over the last few years. So I now have space to offer groups and I try to encourage my people that have, you know, mainly been only be seeing me for privates on the equipment you know, to make that second session a week, a group mat class instead. And I find that, you know, even my clients are resistant to it because they just want to be with me and they want to do privates with me. Um, so maybe, you know, talk to us about that piece as well. Like not only as the instructor, but how do you find that with clients that are resistant to transitioning to like a group learning model? Yeah. So a lot of it is about like setting the, the culture and the tone and like, absolutely. I was in a position where, you know, people only wanted to work with me. I was the owner. It didn't matter if my prices, prices right. were higher, you know, there are people. And I think this tends to be true in the Pilates world. You know, they're not always limited by funds and they just, they want what they want. And if they want the owner, they want the owner, or if they want the yeah. star instructor, they want the star instructor. Right. Yes. Um, and that's lovely. And I think at first it's like hugely flattering and it's like wonderful. But then I think as all teachers, if you teach long enough, you know, I think I think you can go stale a little bit as a teacher. Um, at least I was experiencing that with myself. Like I wanted to continue to grow and I felt like I had grown as much as I could within the one to one model. And so right. part of the ways to create a culture of um of essentially we're trying to create a culture of autonomy for our students so that they believe that they can th so that they are more dedicated to their practice than they are per se to to to, to doing the practice with you right and right so right mm -hmm. how do we how do we create opportunities and a culture in which that is the norm and most importantly because you're probably not starting afresh you're probably in the middle and it's like you have to steer the ship and anytime you steer a ship it's going to be a slow turn but um mm -hmm. there's still ways to do it um and so one of the biggest ways that i've seen is ways to, uh, to facilitate autonomy with your students is like well a offer them choice in their movements. So if you've had students for a long time, um, you know, it's, it's fine to offer them choice because then they, what happens when you offer someone choice, like an example of, well, do you want your spring setting to be this or this, or do you want to do this option or this option? The student must reflect back into their own body and sense yes. it and mm -hmm. become aware of it not only of their own proprioception, but of their emotional state, of their sense of safety, and what they want to choose to do next. Because a lot of people who do practice privates may be practicing it due to injuries or fear of movement and things like that. And so we really want to support those students. Um, and those are ways where you can start to do that. Yeah. And also getting them, you know, I love that you're, what you're saying is to check in with their own internal dialogue and see what they need in that moment, as opposed to just, you know, almost shutting off and just listening to our cues and following along. Um, I love that idea. I usually always start my sessions with asking my clients, like, how are you feeling today? You know, how's your body feeling today? Um, and kind of prompting them, you know, to see what it is that they're they're looking for in that moment. So yeah, I do love that. 
And I love the piece, um, you know, with the privates versus groups and that you mentioned that just that feeling of burnout or like feeling stagnant. And the, you know, the other mm-hmm. thing as a the business owner is you can only physically do so many privates, you know, and then if you have the client yeah. that wants to do two or three private sessions, you know, it's you really reach a cap as to what is realistic for you to do within your time. So Yes, I'm loving everything you're saying. So give us one more piece from your master's program. If you can, obviously, we don't want you to give away the whole course. But if you can give us one more piece from the master's program that you like to share with our Pilates people that are listening. Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, when I'm talking about a group, a group format, I'm actually... Yes, we we could say like getting your privates into a group. What we're actually saying is something a little bit a little bit different than that. So what we're, okay. we're what we're sort of advocating for is that maybe you work with a group of six students or ten students or twelve students, and you might have and that there is learning occurring outside of the studio. Right. So that outside of the studio could occur through to, uh, video tutorials that you've created for them that have to do about neutral spine or have to do about, you know, what's the best way to squat down and pick up X, Y, or Z in your home, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're, because I feel like when I thought about when were some of the moments where my students were having the biggest aha moments and the biggest moments of transformation, of course they wanted to move, but sometimes it's what, I'm, it's what I called what happened during the Cadillac chat. So it's like when right. you're actually like on this Cadillac with the client and they have this moment of like, oh, oh, now I see that. And, you know, and you like pull out your 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 manual or, or you pull you pull your skeleton over or you pull out some like, you know, literal actual teaching prop that you might have mm-hmm. in the studio. Right. And you're like, OK, well, this is how it works. Or can you imagine the ball in the socket rolling? And, you know, you really take that little moment. But then we know as teachers that for when you intellectually understand those things, that's sometimes when the biggest um, improvements in our movements can happen because so much of our movement, our movement planning is based on motor mental imagery, right? And so you, mm-hmm. if you have clear mental imagery of what's happening b- via educating your students about like little snippets of anatomy. Of course, I understand not many students want a lot of anatomy, but we know that they might not want the anatomy when they're sitting on the Cadillac because they want to move. But it doesn't mean that they don't want that information, you know, showing up in their inbox. That's like a two minute video tutorial. Right. And yeah, so definitely. That's the group learning. And what and the way that we make it a group learning is if you can house that piece of education within sort of like um, an educational software system where the students are interacting with each other, not in studio, maybe online. Okay, like their own private group online where it's watching the tutorials and then having their own dialogue from that as a group. Yeah. Okay, very cool. That's where we're really trying to, to allow teachers to show and shine because so many of us know so much. And if, mm-hmm. we're, and if we're limiting ourselves to saying, well, I got to keep my client moving, so I'm only going to give them this little tiny pit, tidbit, like super fast, right? Because, you know, they're paying a good amount of money um, to work with you privately, and they don't necessarily want an anatomy lecture for half of their session, right? Or they don't want to maybe journal about something, like they want to move when they're with you. But we still know that that, that piece of education is so important to their growth as, a, as someone who moves. And I think, too, like many of us who teach, we most likely are attracting students who are lifelong learners, knowledge seekers, curious people. And so they Mm -hmm. want that, too. So there's ways in which you can take all the knowledge that you have, that you've learned in all of your continuing education courses throughout, you know, your decades of being a teacher and really um, put that into a group learning format that's outside of your studio and then draw it in during your private session or reduce your private sessions. And so we really try to make it hybrid because we do know that there's a place for privates, but maybe you don't want to teach 25 privates a week. Maybe you want to teach five. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe over time, Mm -hmm. I feel like over time I've learned that, 
you know, less is more in the sense, not that I don't want to make the money, but if I'm doing all the other things in my life that I need to do for myself, for my family, and maybe teaching two or three less hours a week, that overall I'm like, I'm a better um, person, mother, teacher, business owner, because I'm not just slamming myself with those clients kind of thing. Yes. Yes, completely. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I love um, the whole online concept that you're explaining. I, I love it. And I, you know, two pieces here, I think, uh, like one is the newer teacher and just knowing how to layer in the anatomy. Like we don't want our clients to feel overwhelmed and like we're speaking over their heads. And then the other piece I find over time as you're clients stay with you, you know, those clients that have been around for a long time and now they trust you, they understand your lingo and they're ready for more information. You know, they want to learn more detail about the shoulder joint and they, they're interested and intrigued by the anatomy and the information. So I love your program and what you're proposing sounds fabulous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really like based in this just love of like knowing that it's like, yeah, just knowing how and when people want that information. And so it may not be within a private session, but if there's homework between the private sessions that you, that you steer them towards, um, that I think can be really fun. And then for me, I've noticed it's allowed me to now teach at a higher level because now my students are at a higher level with me. Right. Right. Yeah. Able to like pull the whole caliber up. Um, and it's just, it's fun, you know, I think, um, and, and for me, it's pushed me as a teacher, which I, um, which I've enjoyed <laughs> to get that learning. Yeah, definitely. Well. well, and it's an extra, it's an extra layer of stimulation for us in the sense too, that, you know, we can teach to many levels and layers and use the full scope of our vocabulary, as opposed to feeling like, you know, we're always just speaking at quote unquote, the client level, mm -hmm. you know, versus how we might talk or speak in a teacher training. And that's one reason why I love doing my training and my apprentice courses and my mentoring is I feel like I hang on to that piece and that, um, I guess, extra stimulation of, of talking and teaching on that level. But I'm, I'm loving what you're saying about tying that in back to clients and having those offerings for them online. I'm sold. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, you have so much knowledge, right? And I mean, it's like, I feel like it's our gift to share it. Like, you know, why why take all that information if you feel like at the end of the day, you can only offer like these tidbits, right? Instead of offering the fullness right. of it. So, or yeah. feeling like the only way to share it is free on Instagram or Facebook, you know, oh. versus how do I make this now? Like, how do I make money on this? You know, like how do we roll it all back into still being a business? Okay. So, you know? Yeah. You really made me, um, yeah, that isn't that's I would say that's a deep value that I have is I truly want women in our industry to be compensated well. Yes. Yes. Um, Stop giving free workouts on yeah. Instagram, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you are worth your time is worth money. And we need to all, you know, voice that so that it's not just mm -hmm. it's hard to compete with a free class when your class has a price tag, right? Yeah. So I and I just feel like um again like I understand it's it can be helpful to students you know potentially if people are in economic hardship and maybe that's something you want to do occasionally but you have to think about you know for me Pilates was was a career you know it, it wasn't a side yes. hustle it wasn't a job it wasn't a side job it's something that I exactly um and I think women in careers and in society we we have the absolute privilege and right to make a very fair living. <laughs> and so that's something I'm very, um, I, I just believe in very strongly. I feel like, and I feel like the, the package model really limits our ability to earn an income. Um, and so I really want, I really want people to get curious about other models of delivering your knowledge um, versus just your time at like the end of a reformer at the end of a Cadillac. <laughs> 
you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, I love everything you're saying. And it's, it limits the business in the sense that there's always going to be a ceiling and there's Mm -hmm. always going to be a cap because you physically can only, and mentally and emotionally, you can only teach so many hours in one week. There's just always going to be that, that cap. Um, So yeah, it's definitely, it's a real thing. And I have to say, I've taken more than one course, not specifically to Pilates, but, you know, entrepreneurship and businesses and everything you're saying, I feel like in the Pilates Avenue is really uh, resonating with me. And also the piece too, um, like yourself, this has been my full-time gig for over 20 years. Like this is my career path. This is my profession. It's not a it is a passion as well, but it's not a hobby that I do on the side of my quote unquote real job where I just teach one class a week or, you know, I have the, the online thing as side fun, but I do something else during the day. So I feel like that's been, um, different moving back to a smaller city. Cause I would say I'm one of the only people in my city that actually, this is my only job and my full-time job. Mm. Most of the other people in my city, um, you know, wear different hats and maybe they have a full-time job and then they do this on the side kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I always think back to that concept, like of, there was a book written by Malcolm Godwell where he really pointed out this concept of like the 10,000 hours and being an expert. And like, I know, although here in California, I've not been physically able to touch a client since, you know, March of 2020. I just know that there's a knowledge within my hands that I can so easily correct someone immediately or even over Zoom. Yes. And I, and and if you're going to to pay for the service of a private session, like y- you want the person who who has that expertise. But you know, it's I was not always like that. It took me a while to learn that. And so, you know, I want to encourage anybody starting out, like, yeah, just, you know, really train, train your eye is one of the best ways, I think. Um, to yeah, definitely. I always say that to my teachers mm-hmm. too. Your eye for detail is where your magic's gonna start to cultivate yeah. because it's those details too that the clients go, "Whoa! Like, how do you see that? I feel that, you know." And kind of anticipating what maybe your client needs to hear next mm-hmm. to feel it or get it, kind of thing. Yeah, I have a very, very clear memory of being. A- you know, a new, getting my training up in Toronto and then working on the, um, working on the postural analysis and then being like, okay, and do you see how the rib cage is like shifted to the left? And I like shot up my hand and I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I just, I just don't see it. And they were like, right. no, like <laughs> and they were like, well, it will just come. And I, I, now I remember like, okay, it did come, but it's totally normal to not see it. You know? <laughs> oh, very normal to not see it. And I think as time goes on, like now for me, it's very normal to not be able to shut it off. Yeah. Like if I'm sitting somewhere in a public place and someone walks through the restaurant, I'm going to be look, oh, their right shoulder is higher than their left shoulder. Oh, they look like they're really twisted in their hips. And when they walk, they got a weird little hitch and they're giddy up, you know, it's like you start to focus on now you just can't shut it off because you just see it all of the time. Yeah. Right? Yes, I agree with that. And I feel like, um, too, I think the other thing that happens to teachers as we begin teaching for a very long time is we see things that don't even enter our consciousness, right? Like, I'm sure you've experienced this where teaching, yes. like, you don't even know why you said what you said. It just kind of came out of your mouth or, or your hand just went there and you don't even know why, but then the client responds in this beautiful way. And that just happens because we've been doing it for so long, you know? And, oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely experience. And I personally feel like some of those best teaching moments, they happen intuitively mm-hmm. in the moment. You know, when I'm in some of these Pilates chat groups and they're talking about like planning their classes and um, yeah I just feel like the best moments come from yes you have to know your content and what you're maybe gonna do to a certain extent but also just intuitively going with that body that's in front of you and following that and I think that's what does make private so sweet and amazing and um and, and, and you learn so much as a teacher when you teach them because you are like really, 
practicing looking at the body. Um, so mm -hmm. like for me, actually teaching in groups was, was a challenge uh, because at the time when I started learning in the little studio I was in, it was just all, you know, there's just like one Cadillac or one reformer. And so that's how I built up, built up right. my eye, I suppose is, um, is how to say it. But I, I do think it's, it's a wonderful, um, it, it's a wonderful job to, to, to have, and it's a wonderful career to have. And I always want to share with people like you can do anything with this job, you know, <laughs> with this career. Because it does yeah. <laughs> tend to be very entrepreneurial, right? So if you have that entrepreneurial edge or that that way about you where, you know, you want to make your own time or you want to decide where you where you want to work, you know, but when we when we enter into the entrepreneurial agreement, we're also entering into, well, this is how I'm gonna create my my business plan or I wouldn't say plan because to be honest, I've never created many business plans, but you know, like this this is how I'm right. going to sell. <laughs> my knowledge and my time and my expertise. And I used to sell five packs, but you know, now I'm not going to sell my knowledge or expertise that way. Or like about a couple years ago, my studio transitioned from packages to memberships. And that was also um, a transition that. Yeah. Very interesting. So explain to like myself mm -hmm. and our listeners, what that looks like. Cause my first question in my business right now is what are they getting for their membership? Like aside from getting their private with me once a week, what does that include for your um, clients that have gone that route and they pay this monthly membership fee? Yeah, what are so they getting? At my Pilates studio, 95% of my students are on a membership model. And so they, I think we just have three students right now who are not on the membership model and are buying packages. Yeah. Okay. Because I <laughs> yeah. essentially that's how I sell our services. So when they, um, so when they purchase their membership, they're purchasing either four privates a month, eight, eight privates a month or 12 privates a month. And it's a use it okay. or lose it model. Um, of course, you know, there's exceptions, but <laughs> we don't advertise those you know, right. exceptions. Um, so if your membership was four privates a month and at the end of the month, you only did we three privates, you to do two privates your last week. So you use them up. Yeah. So, right. okay. just, cool. so it's a, so in some ways it's like, okay, you got four privates a month in any which way you want to use them, whether you want to do four in one week or whether you want to do, you know, two in one week or, you know, because like when people were traveling, that was really pre COVID right. Pre pandemic that we would just encourage people to take them, you know, take your privates before or after you go on a trip. Because a lot of people who are taking privates are also, you know, maybe taking lots of trips. So, um, you, know, uh, you know. Right. Yes. Exactly. They have the financial freedom to travel, which is why they also have the financial freedom freedom to pay right. for or, private or, Pilates. Or maybe yes. they're like in a high powered job and they're traveling a lot. And so my answer was, well, yes. you know, if you want the changes that you want in your body, you can't do it by coming on an average two to three times a month. Like who's going to make a drastic change in their body practicing a movement, you know, two to three times a month because you're canceling every, right. almost every other week due to travel or, you know, work or something. And so that was a way to, you know, really stand in the, the worth of Pilates and what it does when it's a practice, like when it's actually like a practice mm -hmm. that you are, that you are doing. So because my studio, we really don't teach groups. We basically teach privates and semi-privates. Um, and then we we, right. we had like a, a room where we would put six people or five people on the springboards and like one person on the, the Cadillac as a springboard class. But I mean, I obviously that I don't see that happening for well, that'll be the last thing that'll come back. Right. Due to the, the pandemic restrictions. So. Yeah. Yes, with the groups. Yeah, our group room right now, we can only mm. take four people. Yeah. So I mean, even though it's it's more than doing a semi private, it's still four people's not the same vibe as right. 10 people in a group. So, um, so they get their privates. And then what else would be included? So to in be their honest, membership? you don't necessarily have to have to add anything, to be totally frank, no, nothing needs to be added. Like, it's just that that's how you could okay. sell your memberships at your studio. The, yeah, you don't have to add okay, anything. Cool. It's just, and if you sell a five pack, 
you're going to make that five pack much more expensive than you are your monthly options. And so that's how you kind of slice and dice that because there's always going to be someone who's like, I just don't want to commit. You know, the commitment is too much. And you say, okay, well, here's our five pack price. And then if, you know, some people are fine with that because they really don't want to commit. <laughs> so they, they purchase a five pack for a higher price point. Um, but be, due to COVID, due to my background in curriculum design, I, in 2017, I had actually created an online course for my students and I had beta tested it to teach people how to, so like when they buy their intro private at my studio, they also have an online course that they're able to access so that we, when the teachers work with the, um, the new students, it's like, Hey, you know, I see that you, you know, struggled with the side lateral breathing. Why don't you log into our site, you know, practice that video two or three times. You can watch the anatomy piece if you choose. And then when we meet together next week for your private, you know, you'll have practiced that, right. That's your homework. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's brilliant. how I rolled brilliant. that in. And so when COVID hit, it, that had literally kind of been sitting there. I just pulled that out and oh, then good. I've been adding to it. Um, and so that's like a way okay. of which, you know, so it's like you have your own video library, but it is not an on-demand vault where there's just a bunch of random videos, right? Like you want to... Okay. So the membership fee does not necessarily just include this library list well, it, that it, is at their does. access. And I, and I, and so I did that when COVID okay. hit, but prior to COVID I sold memberships and never did the, 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 um, ne never did the online option. So you don't, you okay. don't have to Interesting. do that. So but if you want to, as a value add, <laughs> then by all means, um, so, and what is the price point for you now? And just for, cause I'm interested and I'm sure there's going to be Pilates people, you know, listening that are like, Ooh, so what is there? Is there a price difference? Let's just say that my price for four privates is $400. It's not, let's just pretend. Um, is your membership fee for one month that includes four privates? Is that also $400 or is the price different? So what I would do is this is, you really want people on memberships because it's a recurring revenue. So what I would do right. is you would raise all the prices. So let's say it's, I understand like 400 might be higher than most people might pay for a monthly membership, but let's say it's not. And let's say, okay, well now all my monthly membership is, is all 450 or 500 and you get the, the access to, and I want to be clear, it's not a member vault. It's an online curriculum that walks them through okay. how to like um, like how to succeed at Pilates when you're beginning, like how, 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 how to set up your room for a right. Zoom session. So you understand like, you know, cause not everybody knows that, you know, um, what props you might yeah. need. Mm -hmm. um, what, um, you know, if your neck hurts, like I have something called an aches and pains vault. That's my one vault that I offer because, you know, a lot of times students are coming to us for pain management. And so saying, well, within the aches and pains vault, yes. you know, please go check out X, Y, or Z video, you know, so you can turn your neck because <laughs> you haven't been able to turn it in three days or something. So yes. that's an example, but, <laughs> right. but what I like to do more because of my love of being an instructor and a teacher is to create a curriculum. And so that's a big piece of the master's program is that we teach curriculum design because again, like just a vault of a bunch of videos, that's not really a teaching tool, right? A teaching tool Right. And then clients exactly. might almost be overwhelmed when they look at all yes, of it and then yes. just not do it. Right. Exactly. It's like, well, right. where do I begin? What am I going to do here? Gotta, like, yeah. Put it out um, at the right amount in bits and pieces. That's, that's appropriate for your students. Cause like you said, you know, you can start teaching somebody a bunch of anatomy, but their eyes are going to glaze over. Right. Like everything has to be short. Right. Um, it doesn't all have to be short, but it needs to just be in bite-sized chunks. That's appropriate for your learners. Um, and so if you were offering a membership online, what I would do now, if you if you happen to have some membership, um, some sort of videos, you could sort of offer those as an add on and raise your price. And then like at my studio, anybody who purchases a five pack does not get the membership. Um, excuse me. Right. Like, does not right, get the I see. Online piece of what we do. 
So they don't have the, okay, go in and watch X, Y, or Z, or, you know, I want you to work through this series so that by next time you've improved. Because that also supports your learners being autonomous, right? So if they feel that they can only perfect Mm -hmm. their Pilates 100 with your eye on them versus, well, now I want you to practice it at home and watch this video. And you know what I'm like, that, that. Yeah, we're you like you're empowering them, you know, like we're almost taking their their power and self responsibility away by saying like you can only do Pilates with me right, one hour a week some kind of, that of thing. Was occurring due to the fear that the client wouldn't, uh, you know, appreciate how much knowledge we have and like then go watch a video on YouTube, right? But when you curate a video, right, right, and when you use your language, right, and you sort of get the buy-in from your students, which you're already doing anyways, it's not like that's something extra you have to do. Like you've already done that because your students are with you for years and your schedule is full, right? Now you're adding this extra uh-huh. bit on. Because for me, like as a studio owner, I always wanted to be able to take vacation, and I didn't want all of that revenue to dry up every single time I took vacation because my students would only work with me. Right. And yeah, exactly. Like you're going away for a week and now the studio is just closed and there's no income for that week. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, so now, you know, it's like, well, you could, so so pre COVID it'd be like, well, I had really worked out. You're going to work with X, Y, and Z teacher while I'm gone or I'm taking the time off or whatever. Um, But now it could also be, you know, well, I could also pre-record you a video and you could watch it while I'm gone, you know, however you want to do it. So whether you're paying one of your staff to teach the student for you, or there's a pre-recorded video that you made for that client, you know, it's however you want to, because that's the opportunity as challenging as the pandemic has been. That's the opportunity that has, has revealed itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So tell us a little bit, Anne, about, how you are balancing all this. So for the entrepreneurs that are listening, for the Pilates uh, studio owners slash maybe momming as well, how (laughs) do you fit this all in? So do you get up at 5.30 and carve out time? Do you you have a day planner where everything is very scheduled? Do you stay up till 2 a.m. and work then? Like how do you make all of your magic come together? (laughs) Well, um, I am a worker bee, but... I'm not 25 anymore. I'm not 35 anymore. <laughs> so and I have two, I have my family right. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I feel like the older I get, the more I want to enjoy life. And although I get immense satisfaction above, about, around my career, I, it's, it's important to have our balance. So the way I've handled this is at the beginning of COVID, I was teaching, I think 16 hours a week. I now teach one hour a week my studio Mm -hmm. so I leveraged the COVID situation um and said to my students that I'm unable to teach you online but my fantastic instructors are and because I had a culture of um of doing that already like I did that when I took my maternity leaves um my children are 18 months apart I had maternity leaves that were sort of bled into each other um I, I, I had yes. already created <laughs> that vibe. And so I basically just said, here's my opportunity. And to be totally frank, I was also okay with losing some clients because I get that no matter what you do, some people only want to work with you as particularly in a time of, but I was okay with that yes. because I knew that I really wanted to teach the master's program and that that's where my future was and where I wanted to show my gifts. And now that I have created well, I didn't create it. I just revamped it because Chantel and I've been teaching the master's program from 2016. But when we revamped it last April through August of 2020 during the pandemic, um, yeah, we, we put in a good uh-huh. amount of work and we revamped it. And now because of the design of that business, which is a group, a, a group learning environment business, I only have to be, um, in front of my teachers because we're mainly teaching teachers in the master's program four hours a week. And so then I'm, and then I'm teaching my, my students at my studio one hour a week. And so the rest of the work that I have to do for both of my businesses is done around when my children need me. And so to me, that's what I needed because my daughter started kindergarten on zoom and I need to, 
yeah, I, I wanted more time freedom than what an appointment career could offer me. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that piece is, it's a good lesson for everyone because there's a fear base in our industry that, you know, if you let those two or three clients go, well, that's revenue gone. And then how am I going to pay my rent and et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a challenge to overcome, I think, for a lot of us to shift our career in another direction. Um, and I just love everything you've said. Oh. I have fallen in love with you, Anne, <laughs> over these last 50 minutes. And I look forward to working with you. So tell us a little bit about the master's program. Is it just ongoing or does it have an exact yeah. start finish time? Um, is it like online that you can start at any moment if you want to? Or do you have to, you know, go with certain scheduled groups? Groups. How does that oh, work wonderful. for the instructors sure. that so are what interested? What we do is we, we group our, our teachers together into monthly cohorts and we start about mid-month. So I think we just started a group of teachers on February 15th and then our next group of teachers will start on March 15th and then um, I believe April will be April 12th. And so, yeah. Okay, cool. So it's ongoing. It's not like it's a six month window. And if you miss it, you have to wait for six months. It's yeah, kind of you can yeah. start every, yeah, we, every we month if because, you desire. Okay, um, people need flexibility. And so this provides that that flexibility for for our teachers. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Well, Anne, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking. Please tell our listeners um, how they can find you. So whether you want to give us your Facebook info, your your website, studio name, anything you want to share sure. with the listeners, so how they can find, find you. Um, on, uh, for the master's program at the PilatesMastersProgram.com. And then we also have a Facebook page group, which is the Pilates Master's Program, Fueling Your Fire and Financial Freedom. So again, that's the Pilates Master's Program, Fueling Your Fire and Financial Freedom. So we really try to support you um, in that love of teaching and also that financial piece uh, for your, yeah, for, for you. I love that. We've all put, put a lot of, we all give, give so much. So it needs to be a reciprocal, reciprocal trade of energy there. So that's wonderful. And um, yeah, please, please check, check us out. Um, I'm, I'm would love to support anyone um, with any of anything that I've spoken about today. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to check you out myself and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will benefit from, you know, hearing this podcast and all of the wonderful things you have to offer. So thank you again, Anne, so much for being with us and thank you listeners for tuning in you, and Renee. we'll see Bye -bye. you next time. Bye-bye.